Hey, this is Brent Jensen, and you're listening to No Sleep Till Sudbury, the show where we talk about the music that makes your skin vibrate. And my guest today is Glass Tiger keys player, Mr. Samuel Reed. Sam, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? Well, thank you for, for, uh, for having me along. This is uh, very exciting. You're very welcome. I'm happy to have you. So, Sam, your Grammy-nominated and multiple Juno Award-winning band Glass Tiger is doing something in 2020 that you have been waiting to do for 34 years, and that is release a Christmas record this week. It's coming out later this week. It's called Songs for a Winter's Night. Yeah, it's shocking to us as well. We just haven't been able to get our head around this for 34 years. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. It's never happened. And this year, of course, with the with everything that's going on in the world and the fact that we have no live touring going on, we sat down as a band and said, we got to come out of this COVID thing with something constructive. And I, I said to Alan, uh, if there was ever a year that we could pull our socks up and do a Christmas release, this would be it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. that's where we are. <laughs> yeah, no, it makes perfect sense, right? And it's an excellent time, actually, for it. Before the show started, you and I were talking about the comfort of Christmas. I think we could all use a little bit more of that in 2020. So great timing. Yeah, no, it's it's uh, timing was perfect for us, and 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 it's been a great distraction for us creatively that we can't tour right now. But so since actually prior to the whole COVID thing starting, you know, we started in uh, in June actually and mm. sort of chipping away at it, and then it just became a real uh, focus uh, in in March, kind of where to to wrap it up and get the songs ready and. So it just, if anything, it became more focused uh, when we realized we were going to have this extended time. Yeah. Now, Sam, there's a lot of cool things about this record. First of all, it's a collection of original Christmas and holiday songs written by Glass Tiger. You were also joined by some friends. Is that right? You know, Christmas is one of those one of those uh, holiday times that you you tend to gather with friends and family, and and that's that's certainly the the, the motivation behind me enjoying a, a, a lovely Christmas. So musically, we just thought, you know, we'd we'd love to connect with some people that we have great respect for, uh, admiration for, and have never worked with. So um, and a few sort of surprises that you, you wouldn't have sort of normally have put us together with and uh so we decided to have some some, some fun with that on this release mm-hmm. so you've got uh can i do this is this an adequate spoiler can we talk about that this is the big reveal go for it this is this is actually really cool um <laughs> rock was in joins you guys yeah natalie mcmaster also joins you guys and the coolest thing gord lightfoot actually narrates a poem by alan frew that he wrote and it is called Yes, Ode for a Winter's Night. Ode for a Winter's Night, right? And so, Gord actually gave his personal approval to Glass Tiger to cover his old classic as well, which is a song for a winter's night. And uh, I, I assume that's where the title of the record came from. Yeah, we decided we we were throwing around some different names. We were actually going to call it like Thirty Four Christmases <laughs> at one point because because <laughs> we were like, wow, this is such a milestone for us. We we've celebrated as a band Thirty Four Christmases together. And then, you know, that was a working title. And then we, we started to develop the songs. And, and one of the only covers on the record um, was this Gordon Lightfoot track, Song for Winter's Night. And uh, we thought, you know, why don't we just, uh, that's a great feeling. Why don't we just pluralize that? And that can be the collection. So we, we ended up going with Gordon's blessing, of course, to, uh, to make that the album title. Yeah, that's fantastic. 
So now, Sam, the digital release of the record comes out this Friday, October 30th, and the CD and vinyl come out shortly after. Yeah, early early November. Um, as soon as they're ready, they're in production right now. So that we, we really wanted to get a head start on the digital release so that we, uh, c- you know, because going into the season, um, we thought it would be, you know, the fans would get a chance to enjoy it for a bit longer. If you release stuff late or early December, you've got such a small window, and uh, we wanted it to be available for the fans uh, for a good run heading into the holidays to get everybody in the right frame of mind. Oh, for sure. Well, you know when Christmas music typically starts. You know, you, you can go shopping in end of October and hear Christmas music on the uh, PA system sometimes. Yeah, I'm not a fan of jumping on Christmas like <laughs> as early as, and actually even October 30th is, is press, pushing the envelope a little bit for me. Yeah. Um, I'm generally a mid-November, but uh, you know it's a digital release and it's a good way to introduce the record. So we're kind of making an exception this year. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I sometimes feel that they're jumping on things a bit early, but there you go. We, we're going to give people a little more time to enjoy it. Yeah, no, I agree. I do the same thing. I would say last week of November is probably, you know, when I hit the play button on the playlist for Christmas songs because they yeah. play, you know, every day in the house. So by January, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, time, it's time to turn it off. It's time. To, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So I'm thrilled that you're here doing this. Uh, the funny story about the planning of this episode with you, Sam, is that I was approached about having you on the show and I said, yes, of course, I'm a Glass Tiger fan from way back. And you and I get to talking about uh, the Christmas album and the fact that we could do a proper Christmas-themed episode of the Christmas songs that make Sam Reed's skin vibrate to line up with this Christmas release of Glass Tiger. And so I say to you, this works perfectly because Rick Emmett usually does our Christmas special every year, but this year Rick and I came up with something different. And you say... How weird is that? Rick and I did a Christmas album of our own back in the 90s called Spirit of Christmas, and we're actually good friends. I had no idea, Sam. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was the, it's really the only thing I've done prior to, to this uh, Glass Tiger release that, that has any connection to Christmas. Rick and I uh, spent a lot of time on songwriter boards and, and you know, different various industry functions and became really good pals. And of course, I'm a huge fan of, of, of all of his music and his and the musicianship. And we just were sitting around one day and we said, we should do something. And then I don't even remember who came up with the idea that it should be a Christmas thing, but um, that's that's what we get stuck into. And uh, and I've, I've always loved uh, getting a chance to work with Rick on that Christmas album. So when you said, oh, I usually do a Christmas episode with Rick, I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, that is crazy because that's the only person I've done anything related to Christmas with other than this year now. I know, it's so funny. What a bizarre coincidence. <laughs> that's great. I, 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 I love working. He, he's such a taskmaster. Uh, I remember when we did the record, you know, he, he, uh, he's one of those ultra-organized individuals. Oh, yeah. And, you know, and, and cracking the whip and that. And, you know, because you're, you're racing to a deadline. Most Christmas music, oddly enough, is recorded in, in June and July and August, uh, which is really a tough time to, to get motivated for Christmas. Yeah. But we did not. We, we had a shorter time frame, and, and Rick kept the whip cracked, and we got it done. And I remember uh, it's like I got a sense of uh, how dedicated he is and uh, his work ethic. 
I've done probably, you know, 190 shows now of, of No Sleep Till Sudbury. And Rick Emmett, by far, is the most prepared, most engaged, most, you know, knowledgeable person that I've had on the show by far. He, he writes out entire scripts for these shows. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Try, to, try recording a record with him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's great because that's how you get stuff done. Uh, and he's, he's also very high standards for, uh, you know, like nothing gets by him. So, I mean, you know, uh, the musicianship and stuff, it's just, uh, it, was, it was so much fun to, uh, to, it definitely raised my game a whole lot. Yeah, for sure. For me too. We may have a little surprise uh, with Mr. Emmett's name on it at the end of your playlist. Yeah, I mean, you'd ask me, you know, I, I I love the idea of your your show, and you know, I'm thinking what 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 Christmas songs would I pull out of the hat as my favorite, especially when you only have, you know, five or six to pick from. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, you know, uh, I I just uh, one of the songs that I it's a shameless plug, I guess, but one of the songs <laughs> in my collection of all this uh, traditional music it was the um, was the song that I did with Rick that I I put on every year, and I, it makes me smile. That's awesome. Awesome. So we'll get to that in a second. So now I've got your list of five here and it's super traditional. We talked about it at the top of the show. It, just fantastic. I love Bing Crosby. Ray Charles is on here. We'll go through these and we will start actually with Bing Crosby. White Christmas is your first pick. Now this is the original 1942 version that you've got here. Yeah, because that, that song came out um, in, it was recorded in 42, I believe. Uh, it's come out on a few versions, a few flavors, and they actually tried to stereoize it. Hmm. They, it was a mono recording that they they tried this little, uh, you know, uh, and now in stereo kind of yeah. thing, and it was terrible. It was um, they basically added stereo reverb to the to the track, um, and I hate that version. I much prefer the mono version. I've never heard that. Yeah, that would I, that would sound uh, a bit odd. I imagine. Yeah, I love her. I love the the original. It's a drier recording, but it's mono because back in the day, that was uh, you know, it kind of reminds me of some early Beatles recordings that were That's done right. mono, and and I believe that some of their recordings they tried to mix stereo, and the only way they could do it was hard pan. That's why you have mixes with all drums left heavy, and all vocals right heavy, and mm. it's a very strange strange mix, but. The mono, the monophonic recordings of those early uh, records are are terrific. Yeah, and it adds to the overall charm, right? Of Absolutely. The yeah, this is definitely on my playlist as well. I love it. Um, Dean Martin is next with "Let It Snow." Yeah, I love Dean. I, I just there's something about the Rat Pack thing, and 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 he's 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 a voice that comes up. It's instantly recognizable, of course, and uh, there's just something lovely about. Uh, I almost put Perry Como along with him too, because I love Perry Como too. It's just a, such a comforting voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but Dean's awesome. Yeah. Uh, more contemporary, Michael Bublé. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Is next. Yeah, I got I got to say that from the newer albums that have come out, and of course, a lot of these traditional songs have been done to death. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, the, the the list of covers, and some of them have been you know quite quite good and some of them not so good and of course you can never ever knock the uh, classics off their perch because they they are the ultimate however i felt that uh, when i first heard buble's christmas album which was a basically a collection of of traditional ones i was glad to hear it he did it in the old way yeah. um, the arrangements are very fetching there's it's so well orchestrated 
Uh, of course, she's a wonderful, talented singer in that. And Christmas music is one of those things where, uh, you know, th- there's these established songs, and then it's really hard to break in to that genre to become a classic. And I, I thought Bublé's record was a, was a tremendous effort, and, and it goes on every year at our house. You know, that's a great point because it is a very closed system almost, right? And you think about people doing Christmas songs all the time that don't really take. I can think of maybe just a handful off the top of my head, like McCartney, Wonderful Christmas Time might be one. But, you know, people put out Christmas songs all the time and they just never reach that status of being a true classic, right? Well, that's one of the challenges of, of recording Christmas music. And one of the reasons why we ended up writing some songs we really didn't feel um, that, I mean, the Gordon Lightfoot cover is, is a song for a winter's night. It's not specifically a Christmas song. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really just a winter song. Yeah. And, and if you listen to how Gordon describes it in his 1970s recording live, he, he, he talks about what the motivation for the song is. And it's really nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever. But a lot of these cover songs, we just couldn't get our head around them. And we certainly couldn't knock any of them off their perch. Yeah, um, that's a very challenging thing to do. The cheese meter goes up really fast on Christmas music <laughs> as well. So, so we're true. like, ah, we just don't want to go down there. And and uh, we just sat there and figured, why wouldn't we write, uh, you know, a few things that we feel in our heart that resonate with us, and we'll make them. Now, the chances of getting them to crack the Christmas mold, who knows? I mean, only time will tell that. Uh, but um, we, we are certainly very happy with our effort, um, and and uh, we 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 toss it into the hat willingly for it to, for it to sink and sink or swim in there. But um, I, I think we've we've come up with definitely broken some rules that we would normally adhere to in the pop side of things as far as styles. And some of the guests have allowed us to do that. You make a great point about the songs that aren't you know, necessarily about Christmas per se. I mean, the baby, it's cold outside is another one. It's not really a Christmas song. I don't believe it's just about, you know, the fact that it's, it's winter time and it's cold outside. Yeah. You associate it with the holidays because that's tends to be when you, when you hear it, but they're really not Christmas songs. Uh, I read a fascinating fact about, I think even the movie, it's a wonderful life. It wasn't a Christmas movie. And that, yeah. that it was a flop when it came out. It didn't become a classic until it kind of it had to simmer a little bit, and people realized the storyline and how special it was. And now, you can't turn a television on at Christmas time without seeing that movie. You know, both the colorized version and the black and white version. But it didn't start its life as a Christmas uh, release or a Christmas movie. You know, I think the link is just the concept of comfort. Um, yes, of course. And yeah, Michael Bublé, you know, something about that guy. I don't know how or why he does it. I know he sticks to the kind of traditional standards, but like he's just, he's a, he's a, a natural crooner, you know, he just got that voice. Yeah. And, and again, it's like Christmas music, you know, there are, there are a handful of people that can sing in that style, but very few can pull off what he pulls off as far as, you know, if you think you're in some tough, tough territory there when you've got the Sinatras and the, you know, the Rat Packs of the world and, and the, uh, you know, for him to even be in that circle. But I honestly think it's, it's, it's uh, you know, he, he's got something very, very natural about how he approaches vocals. And if Sinatra was uh, alive today, I, I think he'd give him a thumbs up, you know. It's not a copy, which is a nice thing. It's, he's not trying to mimic I really feel it's stylistically, maybe there's a comparison, but uh, it's quite an original voice, and, and I think he's a very natural, it's an easy voice to listen to. 
And I think there, there is uh, an attitude aspect there too. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen those old Sinatra clips where he just, he goes up and just belts it out. He's got a cigarette in his mouth. Like it's just, it was a different time. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's a casualness and, and certainly I don't know Michael personally. Um, although there is a funny glass tiger story with, 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 uh, Michael meeting Alan from the band, but, but he's very natural. And whenever I've seen him, you know, out there, he, he's, uh, he doesn't feel contrived or, or that, you know, it's a, it's, it comes off very honest and, and, and humble, which is always a comforting thing. Definitely. Perry Como is next home for the holidays. Oh, that's right. I, I think I've left it off the list, but I included that. Yeah. Well, we had fun with this. Um, not only is it a song that, that, that it's funny, Perry Como, not everybody remembers Perry Como, but I used to watch TV with my mom and dad and, and the Christmas, Perry Como's Christmas special, including Bill, uh, Bing Crosby's Christmas special was, were staples on TV. Mm. And, um, I love that track. Uh, we've actually even had some fun with it on this Christmas record. So there's a, there's a little, a small little, um, uh, trinket on the end of one of the songs to deal with this song on our new Christmas record. So, Oh, I like that. A little Easter egg. <laughs> I like that I'll song. leave it at that. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, last tune, Sam, Ray Charles, the spirit of Christmas. Yeah. Again, I mean, it, it, and it's really, I was a fan of that song before it had the, the big cameo in Christmas vacation. Cause there's mm-hmm. a, a lovely moment where he's getting sentimental and, and it's in there, which it's perfectly suits that, that movie as well. But that's, that's a song that I just, I'm a huge fan, and, and, it, and it makes me think of, of friends and family when I hear that. And um, I know why the music uh, supervisors picked it for that scene in that movie. But, yeah, I just think it's a very unique song. You know, it resonates. Uh, um, it, it's, it's, a, it's on the, the heavy rotation playlist when we're at Christmas time here. I like that. So what, what are some of the other songs that are on your uh, Christmas playlist off the top of your head? Uh, I have... Um, classical ones that I, that I, I listen to sparingly mm. kind of I don't I'm not not a heavy dose of that but and, and there's there's some others that uh, I tend to rotate around I get a little bit saturated with the uh, you know with the ones that they gravitate like you said there's there's about six that hit the radio at the yes. same moment yeah and and those ones I tend to avoid uh, only because you you're getting them on the radio level so so much but it's not that I hate them or anything but it's just like the little sa- oversaturation and I, I I tend to go go through my record collection and kind of look for. I, I really like the, um, the ELP years ago did uh, the Father Christmas. That's uh, right. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I love that track. I, I think it's I think it's very cool. I found because uh, we're good pals with the guys in Honeymoon Suite. Mm-hmm. Um, I really I didn't realize until uh, a few years ago that they had done a, a Christmas record. And I thought it sounded sounded terrific. They did a version of that song. Ah. So I didn't know that either. That's funny. They were just on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I think they should do another one. If we could pull off a Christmas record, I think the, the guys in the honeymoon suite should pull off another one. So throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. So your bonus pick here is Rick Emmett and Sam Reed, I Saw Three Ships from that album we were talking about earlier, Spirit of Christmas. Yeah, and in fact, we did two versions of this. And the reason is we had sort of two different flavors going, and I wanted to feature more of Rick's guitar playing. So uh, we did the song, he sang the song, and we had fun with it. And then I, at the time, I had an instrumental series, because I don't sing, 
but mm-hmm. I'm saying very poorly, <laughs> called Sanctuary, which was more along like a, a nature and relaxation mode. And I had seven albums out that's, that's done really well. A lot of people probably from the Glass Tiger side wouldn't know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I said to Rick, why don't you play some extra guitar uh, in these Christmas tunes and uh, we'll mix a, an instrumental version of it as well. So that song is on a record called Peace on Earth, which I put out on my label. And the, the one uh, with Rick singing it is Spirit of Christmas. So it's, uh, and I listen to both versions. But I love hearing um, Rick play extra guitar because you know, with the vocal, it's, he's, he's got a chance to play beautiful guitar through the whole track. I bet you really had to twist his arm to say play extra guitars. <laughs> Normally, you're you're getting guitar players to yeah to to play less, and I was asking them to play more. But yeah, no, beautiful the acoustic work because it's very much a nylon acoustic guitar kind of vibe and melodic, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was just uh, it was great. So I love both versions of it. So that's why it's on my list. No, that's fantastic. I'm going to add that to uh, my Christmas playlist, but also your new record will join that as well. I'm looking forward to hearing the whole of this thing. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's it's a fun record. It started off as us looking for cover songs, and we just could not settle on them. And then we we had a, some ideas that we had been working on musically. And it's funny, like what makes it a Christmas song versus uh, you know a regular pop song that you put out in the middle of the summer? Mm-hmm. It's really just a focus. And and I played a few things musically for for Alan and Al in the band. And Alan just wrapped his head around, uh, um, you know, a, vo- a lyric that pointed it in that direction. And one thing kind of led to another, and we ended up going from an EP to a full album, essentially. So there's there's about seven original tunes on that record, along with the Gordon Lightfoot track. And um, we've really mixed some styles. Uh, we even have, and I won't mispronounce her last name, but... Uh, there's one in the bridge of the song we we featuring an opera singer, mm. uh, a mega Canadian talented Isabel Baracdarian, and I don't know if I pronounce her name perfectly, <laughs> but but we got in touch with her and we thought, how could we feature you know that kind of a voice along with a pop vocal, and uh, we blended the the two worlds. Uh, she recorded her vocal in an empty concert hall in Fresno, California because of COVID. And so we literally, this record was, is been created on three different time zones, pretty much with parts being done remotely and, and pieced together because of COVID, right? Oh, wow. Adaptability, right? It's all about adaptability. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's all possible. You just, you know, you just, uh, you, you know, the technology exists now that you can uh, share files back and forth and, and everybody got a chance. Natalie McMaster's fiddle on the Gordon Lightfoot track uh, I went to her house and we recorded that in her garage because we couldn't get to a studio. That's done in her garage. Yeah. That's cool. I love that. <laughs> so you can say there's a little garage rock on there now too. There is. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know, and it's amazing because she had this brand new system that she, she put together. Um, but she's just learning how to run the whole system. So I ended up coming out and said, I'll, I'll tape up for you and uh, we'll get it done. So uh, that was, that's what made it possible. And Alan sang vocals. He was in Italy in March. So he ended up in a studio on the opera track singing in, in Florence. So I had, had Isabel in, in uh, Fresno, California, of Alan in, in Florence, Italy, and me here north of Toronto. And everything's converging. See, I like that. I hope that that information shared because people love that stuff. 
you know, the behind the scenes stories behind the record. That's really cool. Well, we're going to put some video out there. There is some little cell phone video, pretty casual, but it, it's, it's real. Mm. And, uh, we're, we're going to have some fun with that. And rock Vazine, of course, his vocals on the, uh, we have a track called happy holidays and he sang, we have a French and an English version on the record of that oh, song. Wow. And, uh, that was recorded through a zoom connection, uh, to the studio in Montreal. So Alan and I were here in Toronto, he's singing in Montreal and it's all, you know, connected. That's awesome. Yeah. So the album Songs for a Winter's Night drops Friday, October 30th, digital format with CD and vinyl to follow. Sam Reed, thank you so much. This has been great chat. I really appreciate it, man. Well, thank you very much. It feels like I'm getting the season started early here. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm excited and uh, it's going to be a, a very unusual Christmas for everyone this year. And I think that uh, when you hear the songs and you hear the lyrics, it, it's certainly a little bit of uh, what we feel is important that we've all done internally here. And it really comes down to the things that are important, life, friends and family and, and, and staying safe and, and that and, and, and less about, you know, how many things you need and material things. And, and this Christmas, I think, is going to resonate with that. Well said, Sam. I absolutely agree. Well said. Thank you very much. Thank you for being on. Take good care and, and Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, I can. Well, it's, I've never said it this early in the year, but Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right, this has been No Sleep Till Sudbury with Brent Jensen and my very special guest, Mr. Samuel Reed from Glass Tiger. Till next time, folks, take good care. Brent Jensen is the best selling author of No Sleep Till Sudbury, Leftover People, and All My Favorite People Are Broken. All titles available in stores and on Amazon Worldwide.